Good afternoon. Be'ezrat Hashem, we are continuing with the halachot of Brit Milah, and this week we'll also deal with Mitzvat Pidyona Ben. Um, we didn't completely finish the first year, so we're going to pick up on page 266. What happens if a, a baby is born and is not well? He's got jaundice or other sicknesses. What would we do in such a case? So obviously, we do not, even though the Torah says, if there is a life-threatening situation or even a suffix regarding that, we delay the Brit. But there is an interesting halakha that not many people know, and that is the Gemara in Shabbat Kuf Lamed Zayn. says the Mishnah, Katan HaCholeyam, on page 267, the Mishnah in Shabbat Kuf Lamed Zayn tells us, Katan if the, the baby is sick, we cannot circumcise him until he becomes healthy. What does it mean until he becomes healthy? Amar says the Gemara, if he had a fever, i.e. his entire body was, um, was, was sick, we need an entire seven days after he's fully recovered before we can do the Brit Milah. That basically means that you don't say, baby, oh, now he's better. You know, the doctor checked him, he's okay. Now we can go to the Brit Milah. The doctor checked him, he's okay. Now we count the full seven days and then we only do the Brit Milah. That seems to be the Pshat of the Shulchan Aruch as well. We do not uh, circumcise a baby until it gets healthy. It has to be seven complete 24-hour sessions. However, explains the Shulchan Amurim. When do we say that we have to wait an additional seven days? Right? That he had like a fever. Or anything like that, that it is a sickness of the entire body. But if it was just one limb that wasn't looking so healthy or whatever it is, baby had sore eyes or something like that, we wait until he gets better. As soon as the doctor says, You're good to go. Then you can do the Brit Milah immediately. And as we saw in last week's uh, shir, one should not delay. I, if the doctor says that you can do a Brit Milah on a Tuesday, and it's now Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and you don't have time to organize a whole party and the caterer, you should rather do it before Shkia than wait another day. That, that is the correct thing. But, so, so that is where we're going to have a distinction, where you have to wait seven days, and then do it, or if it wasn't an entire sickness of the entire body, then you should do it as soon as the doctor gives you the okay. Um, the Ramah just tells us that sore eyes, especially if it's, it's quite uh, serious, is considered a sickness of the entire body. Now, obviously, the major question that, we, that, that is the most common is the question of jaundice, mm -hmm. right? How do we define jaundice? Do we define jaundice as a choli shebecholaguf? It's a sickness of the entire body. Or do we say not? Definitely not one in five. 
Oh, well, one could argue it's definitely not one avar, which seems to imply it's a cholisha b'chol aguf, and therefore we should wait seven days. Right? One could say what's the cause of the jaundice? Is the liver? So here's one. Here's one. Uh, right. So here, it's uh, apparently there are two types of jaundices. If we just uh, um, look at the summary on page forty-one. Psakimu Truvot. There are apparently two types of jaundice. I'm on page uh, 270. Okay, there's a, a physiological jaundice and a pathological jaundice. I'm not a doctor, I don't really understand the distinctions between these, but now regarding the waiting of Uluinyan, I'm Tanat Shevi Yamim Lachar Shre Sara at Sahevet Mimeno. That Rova Poskim, according to the majority of Poskim, Shemar Et Sahov Garue Yotem Yarok, a color of, of yellow is worse than a greenish color. Vedinok Echoli Kolaguf, in which case you're going to have to, it's considered a fever of the entire body, and you would have to wait seven whole days. If it's pathological, you definitely eat seven uh, full days. Um, but if it's only physiological, and he adds, which is the majority of cases, and it's not too high, I think he's referring to on the Billy Rubin, uh, uh, whatever, test or scale, in this case, we would not have to wait a full seven days. Now, I know there are different minagim how to relate to jaundice. If I'm not mistaken, I might be uh, uh, mistaken, but if I'm not mistaken, in England, for example, in general, they are makpid to wait seven days. I.e. jaundice, they, they take it as cholisha uh, b'cholaguf, in which case you have to wait seven days. In South Africa, they definitely didn't. They didn't hold like that. As long as the doctor basically said it was okay, you could do it. Uh, you could do it straight away, assuming that it was within the Billy Rubin, you know, etc. And um, and and basically, I think that is the majority of poskim. That is how they deal with that topic. Okay, so that is uh, just a, a a practical common. Uh, question that arises how to deal with jaundice do we have to wait until a full seven days or, or can we do it straight away we saw it's actually a machloket poskin there might be two different types of um, uh, jaundice now I want to come to two minagim minag ashkenaz and minag sfarad of um, what we do before the brit milah the ramah brings down there's a minag to have a uh, some type of meal on Friday night, we go. It sounds like according to the Rama, we go where the tinok is, and we eat some things. And this is also considered a sudat mitzvah. Um, why do we have such a minah? What is the basis for such a minah? The Truma Tadeshin says as follows. He quotes in the name of Rabbeinu Hananel, Rabbeinu Hananel, 
it sounds like a suudat or dayad, that the kid came out alive. That basically, you know, there Why could don't be... Why do we do it for a girl? But that's a good question. According to this, if it's only suudat or in terms of that then, basimcha. So uh, if that's the case, so why is it that the Shalom Zachar is only for a, a boy and not a, and not a baby girl? That I don't have an answer, uh, I don't have a great answer for it. Um, but that is assuming that we have, uh, assuming that we have the reason of the Trumata Deshe. The Taz brings a different reason, right? The Taz says, why is it that we have a problem of, uh, why do we have this minag uh, of Shalom Zachar? He brings, that basically, the child had been learning in his womb based on the Gemara in Nida, right? the famous Gemara in Nida, I think it's Daf Lamed there, which basically says the child learns Torah all, all nine months in the womb, and now he comes out and he needs Nichum Avelim, and uh, based on that, uh, there's also a minag that we have certain foods that are typical of, of the minag avelus, round things, hummus, etc. Can I be menachem avel and the other is not there? Oh, so, so, here, so here comes the question. According to, according to the second reason and the first reason, what is the status of, we have two shyness. Number one, why only, why only for a boy and not a girl, right? Uh, why don't we have a Shalom Nekeva? And the girls learn in the womb. Oh, well, we have to work out. N- number yeah. two, number two yeah. is, yeah. number two is, yeah. is, it, is it a critical din that the baby is there, right? So, well, <coughs> let's see. Based on the din of the Sasudat Hodaya, right? So, is it critical that the baby is there or not? No. Lichora, maybe not. If it's a din in Nichum Avelim, difficult to be Menachem, the Avel, if the Avel's not around. Even if he's around, he's not aware. But, but, Neshama, but, Neshama's around. But he's, obviously, he's you can say he's around, right? Or some type of... It's, uh, you have to say it's some type of connection, right? But if he's not there, it's difficult to say that. So, so according to the Din of Nichum Avelim, it sounds like the child has to be there. And we'll see that that is a Shrit of Rab Kanievsky. Um, according to Sudat Maybe not. Maybe one can do a sudat or hodaya, whether the child is there or not. Why, why does it only apply to a, a, a zakhar and not in a keva? Why did the minag not come? According to the svara of the Trumat tradition, that it was some type of sudat or hodaya, that the child came out alive, lichora should be both for a boy and for a girl. If we say it's dinin nichum avelin, so here, here maybe there's more room to, to distinguish. Why? First of all, you could say that mitzad Talmud Torah, the chiyuv of Talmud Torah is on a boy versus a girl. We've already discussed that, and, and even though a woman has, has to learn Torah, but it's a different, uh, different chiyuv, right? The second, the second uh, possibility is, what's the nichum aveil? We know that we have a machloket beitil bet shama. Noach la'adam shen ibra olo. What's better? Does a person, is it better that they've been born or not better, right? So the truth is that we generally paskan that noach la'adam shelonibra, right? That the chances are when you're going to come into this world, you're going to be sinning and there's yetzers and all types of things. So you need a bit of nichum avelim, not just in terms of the Torah, 
But in terms of the situation, that a person was a tzaddik gamur before he came into this world, he now gets thrown into this world with all the yitzarim, etc., etc. What's he going to do? Right? It could be, it could be that here, Dafka, a woman have less of a problem, i.e., uh, that that the, the, the chances of a woman being nechshal in, in komine arayas and things like that, that's what Rav Kook says on shasani kirtsono, shasani kirtsono is actually at a higher level, on a certain level in terms of chait. So in terms of chait, if the critical aspect is nichum avelim in terms of the chait, so it might, it might make sense to make a distinction. Anyway, that's all uh, in the realm of Hypothesis. I don't have a good makar for it. If uh, if you want to accept it, accept it. If you don't want to accept it, the uh, vaday. It's not in the din yesh tshuva, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so that is the minhag of the shalom zachar. However, the svarim have a, a, a different minhag, and it's based on the zohar, page two hundred and seventy-four. kol inun Right? On the night before the Brit Milah, a person gathers all of his close uh, relatives and, and, and close friends, and they spend the entire night delving into Torah, and people shouldn't sleep. Right? So that is a Makar that is already based in the Zohar. And this is uh, brought down also in the Machzor Vitri. Right? And uh, he brings this also that there should be some type of mishde, and that is what uh, I think the majority of Sfardim on Makbid on Brit Yitzchak basically to learn Zohar. According to some, there's actually a, a, a tikkun of what they what they need to learn, right? And basically, that's what they do. None of the Shalom Zachar on Friday night. Ashkenazim focus on the, on the Friday night. And the Svarim have the Brit Yitzchak. Okay. I want to uh, basically move to the next shir. Um, we, we, we dealt with the Brachot. I'll just summarize it uh, very briefly. But let's skip, to, uh, let's skip to page 299, the next... Uh, number two of Brit Milah. I'll summarize the story of the brachot when it comes to a Brit Milah. What is an anomaly in Halakha is that we have two mitzvot for the mitzvah. We have a birkat ala um, milah and we also have lach nisobibritoshel Abraham avinu. Very strange. Why do we have two mitzvot? Um, and the question is when do you say the mitzvot? The Rashbam basically said both of the brachot have to be said before the actual milah for the reason of you always do a mitzvah, you say the bracha or before you do the action. Rabbeinu Tam understood that one shouldn't say lach nisoshel britoshel Abraham avinu before the brit milah and he actually held that it was a bracha birkat shevach and not a birkat mitzvah which would make a lot of sense because then we have we never usually find two brachot, birkot mitzvah on one maiseh. So that would make a lot of sense. It would also tell us that we don't have to say the bracha before. We can say it after, just like any birkat sheva. So we say, Asher, Kiddushan, Ubin, Mitzvah, Tzibah, Mitzvah, 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 Mitzvah,
Correct, but we also say that regarding uh, regarding erusin, uh, right? We're there. A lot of the rishonim say it's a birkat shebach, right? Vasa ashikishanim itzotav al arayot vasalano etarusot, and there the rishonim say it's machloket. But there some of the rishonim, the rosh over there says it's a birkat shebach, and we still have the language of ashikishanu. So the rabbeinu tam explains what's ashikishanu. Ashikishanu in principle that there's a mitzvah of brit milah, right? That's what we, we are, we are that Rakosh Baruch gave us such a mitzvah. That's what, that's the bracha. Lemaise, the Rosh, and this is how the Shulchan Aruch paskened, that we basically, there are two parts to the Brit Milah. The one is the actual removal of the foreskin, and the other is the Priya. It is the membrane, the inner membrane that we also removed. That was included in the Takana of the, of the mitzvah of Brit Milah from the times of Yeshua Benun. Very interesting. From the times of Yeshua Benun, something extra was added to the mitzvah of Brit Milah to the extent that if you didn't do Priya, you haven't done, you haven't done Brit Milah. And the, Shuch, the Rosh, in, in, in his wake, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, the Moel says, Ala Milah, before cutting of the, the foreskin of the Orla, and the father says, before the Priya. So it's still and that way we make Shalom and we be the majority of the Shittot. Lemaise today, most of the Mu'alim do the Orla and the Priya simultaneously. Right? So therefore, the, it's not so Shayach, the Schilok. There's a Machlok between Shulchan Aruch and Ramah. Whether one should say Sheikh Yanu at a Brit Milah, Ramah says no. There's uh, a few reasons given. One is the Tsar of the Yanuka, the pain of the baby, so we don't want to say Sheikh Yanu. Uh, one thing that is, it, it's not a machloket between Chutz Aretz and, and Eretz Yisrael. It's machloket, Shulchan Aruch, and Ramah. However, most of the Ashkenazim, that live in Eretz Yisrael have adopted the Shita of the Shulchan Aruch regarding this halacha. It's not necessarily Machloket Chutz Eretz Yisrael, it's Machloket Shulchan Aruch Ramah, which the, for many things, such as also Tfilin, etc., etc., it's not a din in Eretz Yisrael that you don't put on Tfilin in Cholamite. It's a din in the Ashkenazim in Eretz Yisrael accepted the opinion not to put on Tfilin on, in, on, uh, on Cholamite based on the Gra and other Shitot, etc. Okay. Let's get Faradim also a menhot that Lach Niso Bebris or Shalabrom Avin, they say before the Correct. Uh, before the Mohel does the Mila. Correct, because yeah. basically what we, we, what we have today Faradim. is we don't have the Psak of the Shulchan Aruch. I, the, the Shulchan Aruch divided it, but if you don't divide it, then you have to choose either before or after. Right. I, I did hear many years ago from the late Rabbi Leo Young, right. the of the Bracha that the Mohel makes the bracha Allah Mila, that's right. some physical Brit Mila. Right. The father makes the, the bracha Allah Niso Bebriso Shal Avraham Avinu for the obligation that's going to be on the parent from that point on for right. the rest of his life. Right. That, that could be an understanding of, based on the, uh, was it the Maxwell Vitri or who did I say it in the name of? It was either the Maxwell Vitri or the Bala Itra. I can't remember. One, one of one of the other uh, minagim, safer minagim. The no, sorry, sorry, not the Maxwell Vitri. Wrote a, 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 um, 
Perush on the on the Sidur. Abu Dram. Yeah, the Abu Dram, sorry. Was the Abu Dram says that idea. Um, at least that's how you could understand the Abu Dram. Okay, let's move on to uh, the today's share, which is part two of Brit Mila and Pidyon Aben. Um, so I want to focus on, on a few major topics. Let's skip to a Brit Mila that takes place on Shabbat because that is a very uh, practical and uh, common case that takes place. Now, we know that Brit Milah is one of the few mitzvot that override Hilchot Shabbat, right? Where do we know that from? So look at the source in the, the Mishnah in Shabbat, Kufla Medino. Osin kol tzorchei milah b'Shabbat. A person is allowed to do all of the things necessary for milah on Shabbat. Mohalim, we do the actual cutting. Porin, we do the priya, which we said was the removal of the membrane. Motzitzin, we do metzitzah. We didn't discuss metzitzah, so let me... Metzitzah, the Gemara says basically the mohel would suck away the blood from where the cut was made. The Gemara understands that it was done for a four purposes. That it was t- if you didn't do it, the Gemara actually says that a mohel is not prepared to do metzitzah, literally suck away the blood from... The, from the place of where the order was removed should, should be removed from his position because he's putting the child in danger. So says the Mishnah, you can do metzitzah because one could say, what's the problem of metzitzah on Shabbat? It could be an Isra of Chabala, right? that you are really drawing blood. Drawing blood could be an Isra of Right, so because of that, we say, it's, it's, uh, so the Mishnah tells us, don't worry about it, do metzitzah. And we banded it up and put all the salves and the different uh, creams that need to be done for the child. So the mission says that. So says the Gemara, Now we have found the Machloket Tanaim regarding what are you allowed to do to prepare for the, what Malachot are permitted. Says the Gemara, the Machloket is only regarding Machshirei Mila. What is Machshirei Mila? Let's say a moil doesn't have a knife, right? Can he now sharpen a knife or, or, or make a knife in order to do the Brit Mila? According to Rabbi Yezer, he can. As opposed to Chachamim, they say, if it's not a, directly, a direct action needed for the Mila, you should have done it. Erev Shabbos. Aval Mila Gufa Dibra Akol Shabbat. But when it comes to the Brit Milah itself, according to everyone at, at, over our Shabbat, Minalan, Amar Ula Halacha. According to Ula, it's Halacha no Moshe Misina. V'chein Amar Rav Yitzchak Halacha, V'Rav Yochanan Amar, Rav Yochanan learns it out from the Pasuk, Bayom. Bayom, you have to do it on the eighth day, Afilu B'Shabbat. And even on, on Shabbat. What do we Paskin? We Paskin, Milah Doche Yom Tov B'Shabbat, Bizmana. If it was in its time, then Shabbat is overridden. Obviously, any time there is even a suffix, we will not do a Brit Milah on Shabbat. A suffix could be that the child was born on Friday afternoon, Benash Mashot. Right? And when it's Benash Mashot, then we would not be permitted to do it on, on Shabbat. Now, what would happen if a mall, this actually, by the way, happens quite often in Yishuvim, in Eretz Israel, that there's no mohel in that issue, 
and the and the and the, the bris has to take place on Shabbat. Do we say that a moel has an obligation? He's going to have to leave his family. He can't. He'll have to stay Shabbat away from his family, and uh, in order and he has a chiyuv to do the brit milah. Or do we say no? The moel doesn't have such a chiyuv. So look at the Yalkut Yosef. He says like this. Question. Yeah. Um, why is it that this specific moel has the chiyuv? Go get another moel. Correct. But let's say so. So let's say they approach you. Now, there's no moral in that issue. You are a moral. They approach you. So you could say, Top, it's not my obligation. They should find someone else. I, it's not. So look what, the, look what the... But the question is, is that a halachically acceptable answer? So the Yalkut Yosef says, Yeshomrim. It's in the line in bold. She'ala mo'el la'zov et mishpachto me'erev Shabbat o me'erev Yom Tov la'gir mi'bo'od yom li'makom ha'miwad af she'itzarech li'ot mi'chutz le'beito mishpachto v'yom Shabbat v'yom Tov because the mitzvah of Mila overrides his personal Onik Shabbos or his personal Simchat Yantav. Why can't the Moel simply say, I'll be happy to come? You have to bring my family too. He can. Or bring Some, the baby here. Or bring the baby here. He might be able to do that. Enochinami. Ve'yei ben Simchat Yantav Torah some distinguish between Shabbat and Yom Tov. Yom Tov, there's a bigger chiyuv. The Yesh Cholkim b'chol zeh v'sovrim she'ein chiyuv al Amuel levatel me'alav onik Shabbat shelo v'simchat Yom Tov. That's sorry, Chamila. It's not my my problem. If you want to bring the child, okay, so bring the child. Ah, the child can't come. It's a refuah thing. Not my problem. So that is the machloket between the two. Now, what's the bottom line? The bottom line is that there's there, different mo'alim. I, I know there was a mo'al that unfortunately he was killed in a pigua, and one of the, they said that, that he was very makpid. Every time a person would ask him to, to come on Shabbat, he would always go, and he would leave his family, and he would always go. If like he would bring his family, great. If not, not. And, and literally 30, 40 Shabbos a year, he wasn't with his family because of because of the atmosphere of Nefesh, I don't think the majority of Mu'alim uh, have that, uh, have, have that uh, uh, minag. Uh, but Badai, there is, uh, there is... Well, it would be an interesting one also if there was a local Mu'alim, but for whatever reason they didn't want that local Mu'alim, and, or there was one which they heard was better elsewhere. Right. And then you have a question, what do you do? Right. Come on. Right. Now here comes an interesting din, right? The um, the Tashbits, source number twelve. The Tashbits says as follows. Um, oh, sorry. Skip the Gemara in Shabbos. Kuflam Bet, source number eleven. Tanur Rabbanu. Mila docheh hatzarat ben bismana ben shelo bismana. Now let's say the child has tzarat on the foreskin. Now the Torah prohibits a person from cutting away tzarat. You're not allowed to get rid of, of leprosy by just removing it, going to the, uh, the, the uh, dermatologist and him burning it off. Right? You have to do tshuva, etc. However, what happens over here where now the tzarat is on the foreskin? So what do you do? Here, the, here, the Gemara says, Mila Are you allowed to cut away the leprosy? 
However, when it comes to Yom Tov, or for that matter, Shabbos, only during that time is it obligated, uh, does it Doche Shabbat, but if it's not during its time, then obviously you cannot. Now, here comes a huge Chidush of the Tashbets. The Tashbets comes along and says that, let's say the child, it's not Bismanu, right? We had to wait a week, he had jaundice, we had to wait a few days or seven days, whatever it is, it's now Thursday. And now we can do the Brit Mila. We've waited all the time and we can do the Brit Mila. Comes along the Tashbits and says, Mikana ni oser lamulet et ager bechamishi beshabbat, kedeshelo yavo yom gimel le mila, beshabbat vitzdarhu lechalel alab shabbat, kedeit bemasefet shabbas bepergravi akiva. Vuadin latinok, shechala benitrape bechamishi beshabbat. Says the Tashbits, and let me give a quick introduction. We know that the Gemara says that a person is not allowed to get on a, uh, a boat three days before Shabbat. Why not? There are, I think if I remember correctly, six or seven different explanations of the Rishonim. One of the explanations, one of the accepted explanations is because we assume that on Shabbat you will have to break Shabbos and a person cannot put himself into a situation knowing that he will have to break Shabbos. However, that prohibition of putting yourself in a situation where you will have to break Shabbos is limited to three days before Shabbat. Right? Before that, according to one opinion, you don't have to worry about it. According to the other opinion, if I, if I remember, it's Machlok in the Balam Or and the Ramban. The Ramban says, if you know that it's a Vadai, you're going to be Machal Shabbos, and it doesn't make a difference. Even on Sunday, it would be a problem to get on the boat. But over here we're talking about a suffix, okay? So based on that, we see a principle that a person is not allowed to put himself in a situation where he will have to be mechal al Shabbos. And because of that, says the Tashbet, we know that a Brit Mila for the first three days, uh, one has to be mechal al Shabbos, one has to change the bandages, etc., etc. So therefore, if a child, even was Bismano, so Vadai you can do it. And you can do it even on Shabbat. So Vadai you can do it on Erev Shabbat. But if it's not Bismano, says the Tashbits, you cannot do a Brit Milah from Thursday. By the way, have to wait till Sunday. <laughs> By the way, it's not just a Brit Milah. Accordingly, one shouldn't do any operation three days before, before, um, before Shabbat. Now, this was a question asked to the Poskim. Now, now, if you're living in L.A. or Johannesburg, you know, you as a from Jew could opt to, to have the, the uh, operation on, on a Monday or on a Tuesday fine. Imagine in Medinat Israel, if, if we were to say, Tov, everyone says I don't want to have an operation on Thursday or Friday, right? Yeah, I mean, what would it do to the whole hospital uh, um, which the whole hospital system would collapse. So the poskim deal with this, that basically they say that, some poskim say, if you can, try not to have it on Thursday or Friday. Others say that Badai in a situation with Medinat Yisrael, Medinat Yudin, you can't really choose, then it's not a problem. For one of the reasons brought down, as we'll see now in the Shach. Yeah. Good question. Um, in modern times, do we hold the same that the third day after the operation is, could be Sakanas of Pasha as well? Has it, hasn't that changed? I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. Is that, uh, we see that you know, three days after Brit Milah, a lot of babies get in, in medical trouble. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. 
good shine. I don't know. I, I haven't found people that have brought that up that the the regarding this uh, case. Yeah. That the Yalkut Yosef actually paskins like the Tashbits. So for Svardim, this is really a very important psak of the Tashbits, which was adopted by Rab Ovad Yosef. However, the Shach says, He's, he's re- re- referring to the, the Tashbits, right? How could he say such a thing? The Amrina and Bishas Perikam the Shabbos. That which we said that you cannot go on, get on a ship three days before, that's when you want to go on your cruise liner, right? For your whatever. However, the Hainu Dafkaladvar Arashut, Avaladvar Mitzvah. A guy is going to do a Dvar Mitzvah, and there there's a discussion what's considered Dvar Mitzvah, is, is Parnosa Dvar Mitzvah, but Vadai, Vadai, uh, 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 you know, Mila, there's no discussion that that's a Mitzvah. If a person was getting on a ship to go be no one would say, don't get a ship three days before, before Shabbos. So over here, well not a Kalvachomer, but Vadai also over here, what's the problem, says the Shach? This is a Dvar Mitzvah, and therefore there shouldn't be a problem. That is how most of the Ashkenazi Poskim Paskin, no such thing as delaying a Brit Mila, just because it's on a Thursday or a Friday. Now, there are, we said that if it's a, a Bismana Vadai, you have to break, you break Shabbos. Um, now, there's one thing that we didn't discuss. What are you allowed to do when you break Shabbos? It's not over here, but it's an important discussion, so I'll just say it outside. There are certain parts of the Orla that have to be removed. What we'll call Tzitzin Ma'akvin. There's certain part of the foreskin and the priya that have to be removed. If you didn't do it, you didn't do anything. Right? And there's certain parts that basically you did a good job. Okay, now you just got to clean it up that it, you know, it looks, uh, looks normal. Right? That's called Tzitzin Shenan Ma'akvin. These are parts of the flesh then I'm like, you did a good job. He did the job, he's done a Brit Milah. The Gemara says like this. Sitzin Shainan Ma'akvin, right? So the Gemara says, if the Mohel is still busy doing the cutting, he's still, you know, dealing with the with the Milah, he can even remove Sitzin Shainan Ma'akvin. However, if he's already, you know, finished the job. He's now dealing with the cameraman or whatever it is. Cameraman Shabbat. Huh? No, no, no. We're not necessarily talking about Shabbat. We'll, we'll if he's, uh, he's moved away, he cannot come back and do it. Now, the shot of that Gemara is we're talking about on Shabbat. Right? And that's how the Torah understands. The Torah understands that on Shabbat, while you're doing the Milah, you can even cut away things that are not critical. But once you've stopped, you can't go back and cut it away. But after Shabbat, according to the tour, Vadai, the moil, you know, it should clean things up, right? However, the Rambam, now the, the Rambam, there are different ways of reading the Rambam. One could understand that the Rambam understood, once you've left the Mila, you don't go back, even during the week. Now, what's the logic of the Rambam? And here's a famous idea of the Shagasari. Famous idea of the, of the Shagasari. He says like this. 
The tzitzin trademark, with why you want to get rid of them, it's called a hidur mitzvah. It's noye mitzvah, it's, it's, it's making the mitzvah more beautiful. Says the Shagazariya, why? I can understand on Shabbat, once you've, separate, once you've finished the job, why you can't go back? Because what are you doing? You, you're being Mechal Shabbos saying you fulfilled the, you fulfilled the mitzvah of, of, uh, of Mila. So what are you doing? But why during the week shouldn't you go back? So here, one could say like this, and this is a famous idea, that why do you want to go back? Because of Hidun Mitzvah. Hidun Mitzvah is, cannot be independent of the mitzvah itself. So if you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah yet, or you're still dealing with the mitzvah, then it's appropriate to talk about being mahader the mitzvah. But once you have fulfilled the mitzvah, how do you do hidur mitzvah once you fulfill the mitzvah? I'll give you an example. Sorry. The case of an etrog. The famous shayla of an etrog that was asked to Rav Chaim of Brisk. There were two etrogim in front of Rav Chaim of Brisk. One etrog was Ma'od Mahudar. They had all the hidurim. But it was a suffix whether you could be yotze with it. Right? Okay. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was Murkab. Uh, Maybe it was Murkab. Right? So... On, it had all the Yidurim, but maybe it wasn't an etrog, right? So, so, so you can't be Yotze with it. On the other hand, you had another etrog, not so Mahudar, Vadai, you could be Yotze with it. So Rav Chaim was asked, well, which one should I do first? So he took the Mahudar one, that might not have been an etrog, and he did the mitzvah with that one first. Why? Because if he had done it with the second etrog, which there was no suffix that you would be yotzeh, this was a mahuda, you cannot then take the second, the first etrog to be yotzeh the hidur, because you've already fulfilled the mitzvah, right? So you take the etrog that you might be able to do the hidur mitzvah with the actual mitzvah, right? And, and then you take the second etrog. If I didn't fulfill the mitzvah over there, then I take the second etrog. I can't remember which bro- where he said the bracha. That's a good try. But in terms of the principle, you understand what he's saying. He's saying that Hidur Mitzvah can only be attached to the mitzvah. It's not independent. And because of that, maybe that's why the Rambam says, what are you going back for? Even on a Tuesday, what are you going back for? Right? Because there's no such thing as Hidur Mitzvah independent of the actual mitzvah. Noel isn't doing it because of Hidur Mitzvah. What's he's it? doing it because he doesn't want the parents to say, what are you doing? Okay, now that, that's more for, for that, that, that's correct, maybe today. But on, on a halachic uh, uh, standpoint, that's not why the poskim were, were dealing with uh, going back. They were dealing back because of Hidur Mitzvah, right? That, that, that was the discussion. And according to the Rambam, what are you doing? There's no Hidur Mitzvah, there's Chabala. You're hurting the kid for no reason. For no reason. So the world can never go back. According to, according to the, the Rambam, yeah, the Rambam, there's a machloket achronim, how to understand the Rambam. I'm explaining the Rambam according to the Shita that you can never go back. Why? Because, it's, by the way, it gives a, a, an input into what the nature of Hidro Mitzvah is. Uh, Shagas Arya has a very nice truva on that uh, where he goes through the whole sukkah. Okay, uh, we diverged a bit. Um, and we are running out of time, so I'm going to skip to Pidyon Abed because really that is uh, an unknown topic. And many people, um, it's not that common, and we'll see why it's not that common. If you go to page 
Lihu. So we see that there's an obligation of um, sanctifying the, the firstborn. And then what do you do with that sanctification? I think it was Parsha Korach that we read, Uftuyav mi ben chodesh tifteh be'erkecha kesef chameshet shkalim b'shekel ha'kodesh yisrim geral. So here in Parsha Korach, here the Torah actually tells us how do you redeem the firstborn? You have to redeem him with five silver coins. Um, and that is the obligation on the father to, to redeem. child is a month old. Let's just read the Gemara and then we will clarify this. So one of the obligations on the father is to redeem his son. Where do I know this? Your you have to redeem. And where his father hasn't redeemed him, he himself has to redeem himself. Now, um, let's just stop there for, for a moment. When does the redemption have to take place? After a month. month. What is the definition of a month? So here we have three basic shitot in the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, not in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Poske. Opinion number one is probably Chodesh is connected to the lunar calendar. Right? The cycle of the month is actually 29 and a half days plus a few chalakim. Right? 29 and a half days. Now, we, in order for our Canada to make sense, we can't do 29 and a half days. So, what do we do? Some months we do 29 days, some months we do 30 days. Okay. But the actual month, if you want to go very technical, is actually 29 and a half days plus a few chalakim. So, when the Torah over here said, go according to the Chodesh. One opinion, opinion of the Shach is 29 and a half days plus a few chalakim and then the chiyuv of, of, of Pidyon Aben kicks in 29 and a half days after the time that the child was born. So if the child was born at 2 a.m., 2 p.m. in the afternoon, what one should do is count 29, 24 hours, add another 12 hours, right, and a few chalakim, and then you have a chil of Pidyon Aben. It shows the money out or show the clock? The, the 12 hours. 12 hours, Donna. I, I, I think it shows money out, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, no, no. Good question. I'm not sure. Okay. That's the shit of the Shach. Then there is the shita of the Magen Abraham. The Magen Abraham says, what are you talking about? We got going to a Chodesh. What's the, what's the definition of a Chodesh? Definition of a Chodesh is, is according to the calendar. Now, sometimes 29, sometimes 30 days. So obviously we're going to go with the bigger amount. So 30 days. So when does the Chiyuv of Pidyon Aben kick in? Day 31. Ah, you're going to Magen Abraham. You go after a Chodesh. What is the definition of a Chodesh? The definition of a Chodesh is 30 days. Nachon, sometimes we do 29 days, but obviously we're going to go with the bigger amount. And therefore to cover our bases. So as soon as day 31 happens. Now, if a child is born uh, uh, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So, so now, so according to Magen Abraham, that is day one. So now we have to count another 29 days, right? And after we count another 29 days, then 
Day 31 is when we, when we can do the Pityon Abed. According to the Shach, if the child was born, let's, let's do it at, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay? So according to Magen Abraham, that's day 1. Because you count another 29 days and then you do it. According to the Shach, no, from the time the baby was born, you count 29 full days plus another 12 hours. Now, it could be that sometimes day 31 of the Magen Abraham is not yet the time of 29 and a half hours, 29 and 12 hours and a few harakim, according to the Shach. Right? And sometimes the opposite. It depends when the baby was born. But sometimes the 29 hours and 12 hours, 29 days and 12 hours, is going to precede the time of the Magen Abraham, day 31. And sometimes it's going to come after. So because of this, the Minhag, if you, first of all, it's not so common that we have Pidyon Ben, but if you have been to Pidyon Ben, it will probably, as opposed to what we saw, Zrizim Makdim in the Mitzvot, when it comes to Brit Mila, you should have it as soon as possible after Leit Sachama. When it comes to Pidyon Ben, what should you do? You should have it as close as possible to Shkia, because usually you cover all your bases. Right? Because uh, uh, the majority of times, if you're going to have it in the afternoon, you're going to cover both according to the Shach and according to the Magan of Brown. Right? Unless the baby was mummish born five minutes before Shkia, you're going to have a problem. Because if, if the baby was born five minutes before Shkia, it could be that according to the Shach, it's not going to, it's, it's not going to, uh, it's not going to work. Right? Um, so you have to work that out. There's a third. Wait for 12 hours. Correct. So I'm saying it could be that. Nachon. No, I'm just saying, if you, if you go according, you always have to try and be Yotze, both according to the Shach and according to the Magen Abraham. Most times, if you do it in the afternoon, you cover both. Sometimes it won't help. I, if the baby was born mamish in the afternoon, right? It could be that you're not, you're not going to be Yotze either the Magen Abraham or the Shach. There's a third Shita. And the third Shita says, brought in the, in the Onig Yotze, that you have to wait 30 days, May 8 8. 30 days may it late, and then you do it. Now, that also sometimes can be before or after. Generally, we're not choshesh for that shita. Uh, uh, we generally choshesh for the shita of the shach, i.e. 29 plus 12 hours, etc. And the Magan Abraham, do it on day 31. Hamach Miriam can also be uh, also the shita of the, on the Anagyan. Again, most of the times, you're not going to have a problem, but you have to do the maths and, and ask a rav, to work through the, the hours with you to make sure that you're covering your bases at least for the shach and for the taz it could get even more complicated if the child was born in like let's say in america you have a few time zones let's say the child was born on the west coast right or on the east coast and now for some reason they, they're having the pidiona ben a month later in la right so now you have it how do you, how do you work out the time zone Right? There's a, how does that delay work? So that's, anyway, that's for the poskim to discover, to discuss, but it's a very important halacha. So, so just to clarify, that is a, where do we learn it from? Mi ben chodesh. It has to be a chodesh. We have at least three definitions of what chodesh means regarding a, a pidyona ben. The next halacha brought in this Gemara is, it says the father is chayev to be his son. And if the father didn't be Pode, his son, he himself has to be Pode. If you remember from the Shirin Brit Mila, there was a difference. 
If the father didn't do it, we obli- the baiting is obligated. If the baited for some reason didn't do a Brit Miller when the child turns 13, now the obligation is on the child himself. When it comes to Pidyona Ben, there's only the father. If the father's not around, the obligation is on the son. Here comes the question. The father is not around for a few reasons. Possibility number one is not Jewish. What do you do? But die, the father is not Jewish, he's not Chayav and cannot do the Pidyon Abed. Possibility number two, Lo Aleinu, the father was Niftar, right? Pigua, Chayal, whatever it is, Niftar, Choli. So now, who can do the Pidyon Abed? According to the Gemara, it's only the father. If the father is not there, then it's the son. When's the son? The son is the Chora when he's 13. So the Ramah quotes a Rivash. Not, not in the, yeah, we didn't bring it down, but uh, this is an important sugya, so I'll just say it outside. The Ramah quotes a Rivash that basically says that when it comes to Pidyon Haben, there's no din of Shlichut. That means that if the father is not there, he cannot appoint anyone else. So if the father can't appoint anyone else, um, even if the father is there and he appoints someone else to do it, it's not going to work according to the Ramah. And basically, there's nothing to do. You cannot do Pidyon Aben until the child reaches Bar Mitzvah. And when he reaches Bar Mitzvah, he has to do Pidyon Aben himself. That is the Shita of the Ramah. It's not clear why Shlichut over here doesn't work. Um, but, but Vadai, according to the Ramah, even if the father appointed someone, it's not going to work. The question is, let's say the father didn't appoint someone. So, according to Ramah, if the father didn't appoint someone, nothing to talk about. Even the father appointed someone, it's not going to work. Let's say the father's not around. The father's a guy. Right? Can we do it on behalf of, on behalf of the child? Because right? the father's not around, so can we do it on behalf of the child? What is this dependent on? This is dependent on the principle of Zachim. Now again, if we accept the opinion of the Ramah that Shlichut doesn't work, so there's nothing to talk about. But if we don't accept the opinion of the Ramah, really, there is a principle of Shlichut. The problem is that the father is not around, or he's a goy, so he cannot, you know. So now, the, so who can be the Shaliyah? You're acting as the Shaliyah of, of the child. Can you act as the Shaliyah of a child? So, Zachin Adam Shelob Befana. The child isn't here because he hasn't got that, right? So do we say, Where do we find that principle for a katan? If you remember, Ashir in Geirut, right? the Gemara in Ketubot, Yud Aleph, says, And based on that, we could be Megayer a katan, right? The, the Beitin is basically acting as the Shlichim on behalf of the katan himself. Could we apply the same principle to Pidyon Haben? Right? So the Shach basically wants to say yes. The Shach says that basically one should appoint a. Well, there are two, there's a machlokan achronim. Some say Zachin la Adam would apply over here. Others say, what are you talking about? Zachin la Adam doesn't apply to a katan because Zachin is based on a principle of Shlichot and Shlichot doesn't apply to Katanim. So how's it going to work? That's a machloket within three dayot in Tosvot, where they can apply, where you can apply the principle of Zachin to a katan. 
right? So that's, uh, so, but let's say, according to at least one shita in Tosvot, you can say Zachila Adam even regarding a, regarding a kata. Okay. The shita of the Shach says, you know, maybe Zachin generally wouldn't work, but there's something stronger than Zachin. Something stronger in Halakha than a Shaliach is an Apotropos. Mm-hmm. An Apotropos is a person who is designated by the Beitin. And that is a din d'oraita, because we find in the Nachlaot, when they divided up the land, right, that the, they divided up also regarding Katanim, and that was based on a din d'oraita. So the din of an Apotropos can actually be a din d'oraita. Mm-hmm. This also might be based on a they basically says the same idea that an apotropos is an elevated status of a of a shaliach and that might be that might work over here the gra is the final shit the gra basically says listen what are you talking about shlichut for shaliach for what to do a mitzvah is that the nature of pidyon aben the gra has quite a novel understanding of pidyon aben Pityon Aben, in essence, in essence, is what? Is a father's obligation to repay a debt. He is obligated to repay a debt. It's a monetary obligation to pay a debt to the coin. Now, if someone comes and repays my, you know, I owe the Iriah of Yerushalayim 3,000 shekels. Someone comes and pays the debt. The debt's paid. Did I ask him to? Is it in shlichot? What difference does it make? The result is the loan was repaid. Shalom Israel. That is, according to the Gaon, the nature of the Pityon Aben, obviously it's also got an, an aspect of, of a mitzvah, but the, the, the nature of it is more based in a monetary obligation and therefore anyone can do it. So therefore... He doesn't accept the opinion of the Ramah. It's not a din in Shlichot. You don't even need the din of the Apotropos of the Shach. Someone pays the, the, the debt. The mitzvah has been done. The Chobz has been repaid. So that is the shit of the, of the Gra. In a case where Lo Aleinu, the father, isn't around for some reason, what do we do? Do we say we wait 13 years like the opinion of the Ramah? Do we appoint a, a baitin like the Shach? Or do we say oh, anyone can do it like the Vilna Gav? So say most of the most of the post can basically say it's a sveik of the dinner and you should try to do both. What does it mean you try to do both? You do it when the child is born. You do a pidyon a ben, if possible through a baitin, because then you also not only get the opinion of the gra, you also get the opinion of the shach. But when the child reaches thirteen, he should redo it. He should do his own pidyon a ben again. Again, without brachot, etc. But because it's a suffix who's, who, we, who we follow over here, you should do it uh, twice. And that, that is definitely the, the, the problem of, of just waiting until 13 years is that, who knows, maybe the child will not remember, who's going to remember, etc., etc. And therefore that is a big challenge and one should do it. So those are two, uh, two dinim of Pidyon Aben. Um, we didn't get to all the others, but I think those are one of the, uh, at least... Obviously, a pidyon aben only applies a, when it was a natural uh, birth to a woman who is a Yisraelit and the husband is not a Kohen or not a Levi. There's a famous chuba here of uh, Rabbi Vadi Yosef regarding a woman who was not religious. She fell pregnant. She then had a miscarriage or an abortion or whatever it is. 
And then she, did, then she became a Balak Tshuva and she um, married and uh, she's now pregnant and she has her first child and she never told her husband about her past. And the question was, now the husband thinks to do a Pidyon Aben because obviously this is Peter Rechem and the woman asked Rabbi Vag Yosef what to do and he basically said they can do the Pidyon Aben even though it's going to be with Brachot Lematala. Even though it's going to be brachot lematala, why? He basically is shalom bayit. We know that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was prepared to have his name erased for shalom bayit regarding the sota. So so to over here, he was prepared. He was he felt that if the woman felt that it would cause too much problems of shalom bayit if she would tell her husband. In that case, he said, do the do the pidyon aben with the brachot, etc. And uh, think a very uh, novel approach of Rabbi Vadi Yosef. But that is, uh, that was his psaq. Okay. Yasha Koya. So.